Hey there, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and of course share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining. Either you're watching or you're hearing on the podcast, YouTube, all that. Thank you for hanging out. And I'm totally stoked. We're going to have a conversation with my very, very wonderful, amazing, cool friend, Ashley Abercrombie. Ashley, thank you so much for hanging out today. Super appreciate you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you. Anytime I can have a conversation with you, I'm in. <laughs> I'm on, me too. I'm like, hey, let's get some time. <laughs> I think I fell in love with you like the first time I met you and interviewed and it got just time with you. I was like, oh, this chick is astounding. I like this chick. I feel exactly the same about you. And you're the best book recommender on the planet. Like that is just facts for you. <laughs> See? And same for you with me. I'm like, Ooh, you just told me what I'm like, Oh, I'm on my phone getting it. So just like fun, fun, connecting together. Love, love getting time with you. Like full on. We should just do this. You know what, Ashley, we should just do this. Like, cause we're friends and yes. not just to yes. do the work stuff. Right. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But give, give us like a little, tell us a little bit about life right now. Um, cause you're super busy too. Um, mm-hmm. so what's happening in your life, like at the moment. <laughs> okay. So I live in sunny Los Angeles and I have three little kids. So that is the, the big bulk of my life. I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and we have an almost six month old baby. So we are um, very, very sleep deprived. I have on <laughs> so much concealer and I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> and then other things I do, I write and I speak and I have a podcast. And, you know, so those are the other things that I try to find um, at nap time and at 2 a.m and whenever the um, sense of ability strikes me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those those little pockets of time are super precious. Um, they are. Yeah, they really are. And you don't, I, or at least I didn't realize how much I could actually get done or how much time I was wasting yeah. <laughs> prior. Yeah. So I've really learned to do a lot with a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and balancing and, and every day seems to be a new little, navigating what are we doing how are we doing so 100 percent. yes i think too after the year that we've all gone through we're all waking up every day just trying to figure out like what setting right expectations i mean just even going out in public more often lately i'm like is is everything okay are we good you know i think it's just an interesting time to be alive (laughs) yeah and that's why i love this book that you've given us because i think now there is such a desperate need for all of us to be honest with God and honest with one another. And so many times I think we think we can't talk to God about the hard things in our life, or we feel like we can't open up to others about the truth of where we really are. And I felt like this book gives people such a wonderful opportunity to open up and just share very vulnerably and honestly, and that God doesn't run away. And honestly, most people don't run away because Mm -hmm. they want a safe space to also Mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think when we are honest, I think in that vulnerable, um, I think we're sometimes afraid of it because we want, we don't want to be shamed or we don't want to be ostracized or, you know, like uh, embarrassed, you know, and so I think, I, but I think without honesty, we're not going to have much depth of conversation or relationship. I agree with you. I agree with you. And no reciprocity. 
you know, somebody's got to go first. <laughs> somebody's right. got to share and somebody's got to open up so that we mm-hmm. can engage in that reciprocal relationship that we mm-hmm. all want so badly. Mm-hmm. And I think too, that's completely true with God in terms of like yeah. what you just said, the reciprocity of it back and forth conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this chapter was help by royally screwed up. <laughs> Which is a great title. <laughs> exactly right (laughs) exactly and it's the first conversation between a human and god yeah wow i didn't think about that but you're right that's so Mm -hmm. powerful Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so as you read this chapter what what were some of the things that kind of stood out to you like you're like woof. yeah maybe you liked or didn't like um well liked it all so I don't have any didn't like on the category, but one thing I really love is the the question of where are you that God asked Adam and Eve. And, you know, you hear that story so often, especially if you've grown up in church, perhaps, I mean, maybe you haven't and you're joining, but most people um, in the West know this idea of God. Like we know how it started with Adam and Eve, that Eve ate the apple, that they hid from God in shame. And then this powerful question of where are you? that God asked them. And I love that question because I think that God can ask us that now. And it's not like God didn't know where they were. You know, God wasn't waiting to get an answer from them because he didn't know. God, I think part of why he asked them this is because I believe he's trying to help them locate themselves to figure out where they are, why they're hiding from God, why they were covering themselves. And so this really powerful, gentle question that God asked, where are you, is so good for us. Because when we can locate where we are, I feel like we have a better chance of communicating honestly when we can locate reality, when we can really understand what's happening in our lives, what led us to do what we did, like all the different um, processes we go through that lead us to where we are. I think that that question is so gentle and good of God. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things I really loved. I've always been fascinated with that question Mm because, you know, you just don't expect that. And you point that out in the book that he didn't shame them. Mm -hmm. He didn't be like, why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you do X, Y, or Z? Like he just gently says, where are you? And Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. And, and for yourself, like, do you find, like, can you relate in some respect, like in your life, Hey, I royally screwed up. Um, and have like, how did that conversation look for you, um, with God, when you royally screwed up? Yes. So gosh, you guys, I mean, I've, I've screwed up so many times. I don't even, I mean, there's no way of counting them. Like if you were to list them, like, I think it's the book of John where he's like, or is it revelation? Well, if I was to list all of these things, it would feel, you know, there wouldn't be enough books. I feel that way about my own, like royally screwed up moments. Like there's not enough books in the world to put them in, but I can remember one time, um, this really powerful moment in my life where I was asking God that question. You know, I was asking, where are you, God? Where are you, God? And I was on the tail end of so much trauma, so many difficult, painful experiences, bad choices that I had made, things that I was victim of, and then getting to this place of being completely addicted to um, drugs, abuse of alcohol, and eating disorder, struggling in my relationships. They were all dysfunctional. You know, I, I was struggling with perfectionism. I really wanted to show up perfect in every environment. And if I didn't, I wanted to work very hard to make it look like I was perfect. And I remember driving around one night and then literally just shouting at God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Because I felt like he's totally absent from my life and he's totally absent from my pain. And God has like all these things I learned about God being loving and all these things that people tell you that God is that are good. And I couldn't experience him in the difficult moments of my life. And in asking that question, there was like, it felt like a dam broke. 
And um, I think I've told this story here too, but with you before, but it felt like a dam broke, like that God just tapped gently until that thing cracked open. And I felt this warm sense of love in my body. I felt a release in my body because what I had realized is that my perceptions of God were actually hindering the closeness and my perceptions that he wasn't there. My perception was I had to be perfect for him to be close. My perception was that I had to get things right for God to come near. My perception was that God was not going to be with me, even when I was, you know, doing things that I shouldn't be doing or making huge mistakes or, you know, being addicted. I assumed that God would remove his presence from me. Yeah. And what I learned in that moment, even though I was still totally addicted and dealing with all these different things, I learned that God keeps his presence close. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about Psalm 139. Like when we've royally screwed up, I love that David says, you know, I, there's nowhere I can go. Like, I can't flee from your presence. Like if I make my, you know, if I ascend to the highest of heaven, or if I make my bed in hell, like you are there with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really powerful revelation of who God is, because we realize that God doesn't remove his presence from us when we're going through hard things and that God understands our needs and our humanity. So he knows when we have a legitimate need that we are meeting illegitimately because we maybe don't have another way, or perhaps we don't have a coping mechanism, or it's a new season of life and we don't know how to relate to others, or we're growing and changing. Like God is so aware of our need. And so he says, I want to come close to you in your need. Like God Mm -hmm. doesn't say, I will remove myself until you figure it out. And Mm -hmm. I think that that question, where are you, has just been so powerful in my own life again and Mm -hmm. again. And of course there's days now where I'm like screaming at my kids in the morning, you know, I have to figure out like, okay, everybody, I'm so sorry. You know, mom, mommy should not have put that burden on you. I'm stressed. It's not about you. I shouldn't have done that. You know, owning my mistakes, doing those types of things that, you know, can kind of build bridges in our relationships and make amends in our relationships. But every day when I make a a royal screw up, whether they're big or small, I feel like God, I've learned now that God stays close and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think God punishes us by withdrawing you know, or excluding us and saying, Ooh, you are too bad. So I have to like turn away. Yeah. I mean, Adam was like, that was really bad. (laughs) Really bad. Yes. (laughs) And God didn't like hide his face and shun him and say, Oh, you know, sin, sinful man, you know, Yes. he stepped right in and said, not only am I here, but I want to know where are you? So yeah, it's beautiful. Totally good. throughout scripture that God does this. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. when we really read the Bible and don't just listen to the stories, although it's beautiful, I love good preaching. I love good teaching. So important. But when we really read it for ourselves and we see how broken people are, it actually is comforting to us. (laughs) It's actually a great comfort to see Mm -hmm. the mistakes that people made because we Mm -hmm. are still people making those mistakes. (laughs) So it's comforting to see God's response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just, it's the human journey. Yeah, you know, at various points we all are, and and there's not new mistakes. There's just kind of okay. And I, I I totally agree with you. I read in the Bible, I'm like, wow, that person did that. Oh my gosh, you know. And I'm like, whoo, I feel so much better. Yes, same, 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 same. <laughs> totally, totally good. Hey, another question. Um, the conversation started. What did you think, like? This idea of putting a conversation starter uh, at the end of every chapter. What'd you think of that? Well, I love that because, you know, when we are stuck, like I was for years, we need something that can actually encourage us to get unstuck. And so I feel like at the end of each chapter, you've given us these practical, helpful ways to begin communicating with God. And also when we we say communicating, not just sharing, because that is a part of it, right? Like to open up our lives or to just say the hard thing, which, you know, I love that. And it's part of your work where you're just like, tell God 
that you're mad about your marriage. Tell God that you're mad about the situation in your life or whatever it is. Like you really do, you list clearly the things we can tell God about. And I think sometimes that's shocking for people. And at the end of this chapter, um, you leave an examine. And I am married to what I say is, is a low-key monk because he loves you know, spiritual <laughs> formation practices and he needs yeah. to like get away for solitude. He'll do a silent retreat. Like, you know, so he, he's like a low-key monk and, and examine prayer is actually a, a really powerful part of his, you know, weekly rhythm of life. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember all the steps that you list there. I think there's five of them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Gratitude, gratitude. review, oh, yeah. sorrow, forgiveness, grace. There it is. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful process. And it actually reminds me of my recovery journey. I'm 18 years sober now. And in recovery, you know, there's 12 steps, if you've ever heard of them, but there's 12 steps in recovery. But one of them, and this reminds me of the examine, is to do a searching and fearless inventory where you are. And that's step number four. And that's where mm -hmm. you are going through and processing your life and really examining you know, what, what has happened in your life? Why did you do it? You know, who did you offend? Who has offended you? And you really start thinking through these things and that, that locating of reality leads us to things like gratitude. It opens our hearts up for grace. It allows us room for grief, for sorrow. Like the things that you listed there, I think are so powerful for us to sit mm -hmm. in God's presence. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes two people read something like an examine and think it's going to be an hour of your time. And so I think, you know, right. for us today, like that's not reality for most people. I know for me, I don't have have an hour in my day with all these kids running around. I'm not even by myself for more than five minutes a day. <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe you could talk more about how, you know, how you've practiced those and how you can get it down to a short little bit of time or a big mm -hmm. chunk of time. Mm -hmm. Cause I want to hear from you about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's true. I mean, time is such a, a tricky thing for yes. all of us, you know, yes. and it seems like we can make money, but we can't make time. Woo. That's right. Word. Yeah. Right. And That's so great. How do we, how do we utilize our time and, and be, be intentional about it, purposeful mm -hmm. that I'm not just squandering it and just ambivalent about it. And I read this quote too. I thought this was really powerful. How can you kill time without injuring eternity? Oh, how mm -hmm. can you kill time without injuring eternity? Yeah. And, and I, that made me like, that kind of arrested me, you know, yeah. like thinking about my time. And yeah. so I think to do like, do examine. Um, one of the things that I have found helpful is because like kids and all that, there was a season when I, my kids were all like, they were all basically 18, they're all 18 months apart. <laughs> and so, you know, back in the two, three and four year old season, you That's know, you're, so yeah. And it's just, Ooh. you know, drinking from a fire hydrant and yes. trying to keep them from drinking cough syrup, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but you oh, know wow. what I mean? It's just, woo, you got to stay on your, on your P's and Q's, like right? <laughs> stay on your toes. Cause, but I think one of the things is like, I think the gratitude piece, Yeah, you, I think we can be grateful. And I, I like to do that. Some of the stuff like real time, like, mm -hmm. okay, Hey, I'm grateful for so my daughter took a nap today, you know, she slept longer or yeah. I didn't have a struggle with this one, you know, or, or <laughs> we didn't have a blowout in the diapers today. You know, yeah, I don't have to use the spare right. clothes. <laughs> right. I mean, just <laughs> going through some of that, just real time. Thank you for helping yeah. me here. Thank you for this cooking thing. Thank you for, you know, just some of that real time gratitude, I think is a really, and being aware, you know, not just kind of going mindlessly. So, and then I think too, reviewing, um, there are times that I, I think it's been really helpful to like, just take two or three minutes and look back over the preceding, I don't know, 12 hours and say, yeah. where did I, where did I sense God? Well, I yeah. sense God 
in that conversation, or I sensed God as I was driving to work, I felt, you know, or, or I sensed God when I was had a meltdown, and I was really right. angry and frustrated, you know, I sensed God, and, and not just the good stuff, but like the, the whole spectrum of it, right, yeah. and so sometimes going back, just, just doing quick, like, Mm, snapshots right oh they are that that so that's been helpful to me and it doesn't have to be like a whole comprehensive i think sometimes we think it's got to be comprehensive it doesn't i mean you can do pieces and parts and then the sorrow you know where did i feel where did i feel that uh you know had some of the heaviness and and then with that pairing it okay this i felt heavy here but please forgive me um and then the grace piece you know and i think asking for god's grace is i think I find myself doing that really often, you know, maybe an hour by hour, minute by minute. Sometimes, you know, it's like, Hey, I need grace here. I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And same on the grace, you know, just, uh, it was, when was this two days ago, I was just standing in my kitchen and just like, God, how, you know, I mean, I just remember seriously, just like being at the end of myself and I just, you know, the same scripture that you hear all the time in church, but it still works and it still serves, you know, that God's grace is sufficient for me. And I remember yeah. standing in the kitchen hearing God say that, like my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we try to, to barrel through life with this sense of strength or this sense that we have what we need or the sense that we're, we should have what we need. And I think the truth of the gospel is that we don't have what we need, but God's grace is sufficient for us. Mm -hmm. And that we don't always have enough patience. We don't always have enough resource. We don't always have enough energy, but God's grace is sufficient for us. And I think the more that we try to be all things in all situations or to all people, the less we invite grace because we're just not designed to do that. You know, we, we actually cannot do it. <laughs> and I think that's what's so beautiful and honestly, so freeing to admit that it's so freeing to just say, God, I don't have what it takes. Like mm-hmm. I don't have it here, Lord. You know, I hope that you can help me. And mm-hmm. I have always found that he does. Mm-hmm. And that also frees me up to quit things that need to be quit. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we're trying to do too much, or sometimes we're, you know, trying to perform in a situation or with a person and God will mm-hmm. gently remind us with his grace. Like you don't have to perform here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing that for these reasons. It's not mm-hmm. because you actually need to be performing for this person. You're never going to end their, earn their approval, or you're never yeah. going to be just right for this or that. Like, I think God's grace is so good that way that he calms us down. He stills us. He gives us discernment to know what yeah. we should be doing mm-hmm. and to allow ourselves to not be enough. It's yeah. okay to not be enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. And, and I think those conversations with God kind of explore that, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not up to speed here. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it. I don't have yeah. the stamina. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the strength. I don't, I, I don't have the love, you know, like yes. it's, you know, I'm at my wit's end. Yes. And I think that's, I think if we, I think if we can have those conversations with God, like, you know, real time, I think yeah. it's a lot more constructive and helpful. I think so too. And I feel like you're a better person when you do this. I don't know if you feel the same, but I just, I, I am a better person when I allow room and margin for this. And I love how you just unpacked those practices of the examine because, you know, they are that simple. You can be going throughout your day and cultivating a ritual of gratitude and you can Mm -hmm. be going throughout your day 
cultivating um, capacity to process hard things yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to receive God's grace and to know what to do, you know, to say sorry, to repent. Like there's all these beautiful things in there that become a part of our habitual practices instead mm -hmm. of us avoiding them because we don't have enough time to sit down and do them because we need yeah. the perfect quiet space to do them. Yeah. You know, actually we just need habitual rhythms for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, that I think you really hit the nail on the head is just some of those rhythms. Yeah. You know, kind of like, okay, well, and, and sometimes for me, I find like, if I put little stuff like on my home screen, on my phone, you know, like, oh, here's some like little reminders, you know, or if I put like a little note card in my car or, you know, I send myself a text message to remind myself, you know, and sometimes I put those little reminders and it helps me stay consistent a little bit with those rhythms. And mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. That really helps me. Yeah, me too. We have um, on our pantry, we have listed out a couple of things that we and the kids can do when we're stressed. So oh. we have, we have this thing called help. Like um, if we're, uh, I'm sorry, halt. And if we, we ask ourselves, if we find that we have a blockage or we're feeling very frustrated or we're reacting to things at a 10, when we really should be at a two, we have the words halt written on our pantry. And it's just in the kitchen where everybody is all the time and they can see them. So it's, are you hungry? Are you um, angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? And then underneath each one of those, we offer a solution. So if you're hungry, let's take a break. Let's have a snack. If you're angry, let's take some deep breaths. Let's go outside and stand in the grass. Let's, you know, go dance or do yeah. some squats. You know? yeah. Are you lonely? Who, how, how can we connect right now? Do we need to say a prayer to God? Do we need to connect to a person? Do we just need a hug? Like, is a yeah. connection point necessary? Are we tired? Then how can we rest? Do we need a break from our screens? Do we need a break from each other? Do we need a break from, you know, do we actually just need to sleep? And so we have a few things like that on our pantry because we, we also need those consistent reminders. Like mm -hmm. I just, I need it in front of my face or I can just get so busy doing life and like running around and not taking inventory and not being mm -hmm. reflective of what's mm -hmm. going on in my inner world. Mm -hmm. But the truth is I'm the architect of my inner world and exactly. you know, you are too. And so I have to be responsible for yeah. what's happening in here. And yeah. those little helpful reminders around the house help me remember that I'm in charge of my inner life. Like it's yeah. not, I can't blame anybody else. Like it actually is my responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm like I'm making mental notes right now. Halt. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love so it. Good. I love it. <laughs> Ashley, you are such a treasure. You are a jewel. I love hanging out with you. And we have to get some time together some way, yes. shape, fashion, or form. I would love that. It would be wonderful. Yes. Yeah. gift to my life as well. Thank you. <laughs> totally good. Totally good. And for the viewers and the listeners, thank you so much uh, for watching. Of course, love to have you subscribe, um, get some notification, you know, turn that on as well as grab your book. Hey God, can we talk? Ashley, thank you. Boatloads. Have a great week. I love your guts. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> Hey there, thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.